there and welcome to Unleash Your Creative Magic. It's absolutely amazing to have you here. I'm your host Helen Pfeiffer, a published writer of 17 crime novels, both traditionally and indie published, and I'm here to talk to you about the magic of writing, unleashing your creativity and how to set yourself free from being stuck inside the writer's closet. I'd like to share my journey with you from that initial idea for a book to where I am now and all the very messy stuff in between the highs, the lows, and the fuck me, this is impossible moment. I hope that somewhere along the way, this podcast might be of some use to you. You might even find some inspiration lurking in here. So grab yourself a coffee and come and join me on the writer's couch as we dive right into living your best creative life. Hello, and welcome back to Unleash Your Creative Magic. I'm your host, Helen Pfeiffer, a best-selling writer of over 20 novels, and I'm here to share with you the tips and the inspiration that I've picked up and used myself along the way. Do you want to write a series but not sure how to go about it? Then keep listening because this week I'm talking about just that. First though, I'll give you a little update on my writing life, just so you don't think it's all a breeze. I like to keep it real, and if you've been listening for a while, you'll be well aware of that. Episode 39, by the way, which is what number this is, is absolutely epic. I had no idea how it was going to go in the beginning when I started this podcast. So the fact that I'm coming up to my one year anniversary at the end of March, I'm absolutely thrilled. So thank you for listening in. Oh, and I'd like to give a big welcome back to my co-hosts, the Seagulls of Barrow, who have just appeared on my flat roof this morning after a brief hiatus. I'm really excited and I have to admit a little bit nervous that my writing workshop is coming up in a couple of weeks. I've always wanted to run one for quite a few years now and it's already half sold out which is just amazing. So if you think you'd like to come along there are still a few spaces left and we'll be looking at the six steps you need to take to write your book and if you want some more information about it you can go to helenpfeiffer.com but I'll post a link in the show notes for you. Now let me see. My line edits came back and need to be in by Monday. I haven't opened them yet, but I better get a move on because I'm running out of time. It's been a crazy busy week in the Pfeiffer household just for a change. And I'm also trying to write my next book in the Morgan Brooks series, which will be book seven. And the deadline for this is, oh, hang on, I don't actually know. Let me have a quick look on my calendar. Blimey, it's the 20th of May, the day before my birthday. So that's around nine weeks. I better get cracking. I don't know about you, but my deadlines just come around way too fast. I also have a standalone thriller, Late View House, published in April, so everything's busy, busy, busy. Plus, I absolutely love recording these podcasts, and I just want to thank you all for tuning in each week. You really are all flipping superstars. Anything else? No, I don't think so. Now, let's get down to it. Right in a series. You know, honestly, when I wrote my first book, The Ghost House... I didn't think about it being a series. To be fair, I just wanted to prove to myself that I could actually write an entire book. The fact that it took eight years from that initial idea to getting it published is neither here nor there. The thing is I had, and still have, a bonkers lifestyle. With so many kids and working, grandkids, my disabled son, you know how it is. So the fact that I managed it all really is quite amazing. And one I don't think I ever gave myself enough credit for. Because I used to get so embarrassed whenever anyone talked about it. Just before and after it was published, all I cared about was how much people wouldn't like it or think I was being way above my station 
Honestly, it was painful. I look back now and I think I suffered from the biggest, hugest case of imposter syndrome that there ever was. Which was a total shame because it really dampened my whole enjoyment of the process of being a published author for the first few years. Now there's a whole different podcast on my podcast on mindset for you coming up. Sorry, I got a little sidetracked there. But I wrote that epic, painstaking story over a lot of years. Picking it up and putting it down when it got too hard. I loved and adored my characters. They were like my imaginary best friends. But when I wrote it, I solely focused on finishing that story. I guess I kind of knew in the back of my mind that because they were such great characters and worked for the police, that in the future I might write another book. Might be the operative word there. I didn't actually think that I would. Just shows you how you need to believe in yourself and your writing. Don't be so pessimistic like I was. Yes, there are always going to be rejections of your work, but it doesn't mean that it isn't brilliant. So how did it end up being an accidental series? When I was offered my very first book deal, it was for two books. Gosh, I remember it so well. I was at work and had a voicemail from the editor, Anna, who I'd met at the conference and who had worked tirelessly with me to get the book into shape, bless her. I listened to that voicemail feeling sick and she asked me to ring her back as soon as I could. My knees were knocking and I had to force myself to ring back. My stomach was churning so bad I thought I was going to throw up on my desk in the police station. Anyway, sorry about that. She told me that the buying team wanted to snap up the rights to the ghost house and the second book in the series. I was ecstatic and of course I said yes. Then when the call ended I thought, oh shit, they want another book. How long are they going to give me for this one? Turns out not very long at all. And that they wanted it in... It was either three or six months, I can't remember, because it was so many books ago. But I do remember the panic of thinking, oh my God, how do I write another book in that timescale? So this is where having a great cast of characters with lots going on helped me to get there. And eventually, the Annie Graham series ended up with six books. And there is still potential for more, because my readers ask me all the time when I'm writing another And the only thing stopping me at the moment is just just haven't got the time because of my current contract, which is super tight. But I did start writing it last year and I will write it purely because I miss those characters so much. So my tips on writing a series. One, you could totally wing it like I did. Or you could give yourself a lot less heartache by plotting the whole series out in advance. You could work out what theme or arc you want to have running throughout it. And keep a note of it so that when it gets sticky you have an idea of where to go or what to do next to get you back on track. 2. Have a great cast of characters that can develop over the course of a series of books. This is a must. Make them interesting, give them quirks or problems of their own, which can be carried on throughout the series. Annie Graham had no self-confidence, always worried about her weight, and had an abusive husband who she left. I killed him off at the end of the book, spoiler alert, oops, But I had to fight to keep that part in because my editor wanted him to make a comeback in book two. Now looking back, I probably wouldn't have fought so hard and done just that because it would have given a nice little sub-story to the second book if he was lurking in the background. But I did what I did and I don't really have any regrets about killing him off. And most importantly, my readers loved that part because he met the ending he deserved. The tip to sustain it, if I can pronounce it, your characters over a series, is to give them the chance to develop. Don't reveal all their traits at once. Keep some of their backstory back and reveal it over the next few books. 
Give them their own little character arcs. What do they want? What is their purpose in this life you have created for them? Sometimes you may have to kill a character off like I did with Mike and his abusive husband. Or you might want to introduce new characters to breathe a little bit of life into the story. As long as they are central to the plot though. Like I said last week, anything goes as long as it's moving the story forward and is relevant. Number three. To have a successful series, and by successful I mean for you as the writer, to make it work it helps if you can give your characters conflicts that can span over each book. So you could have a main premise or conflict which needs solving throughout each story. Let's see, I haven't read Game of Thrones or all of the Harry Potter books, but I did read all of the Twilight books and love them or hate them. They worked pretty well as a series, well at least they did for me. I love the idea of falling in love with a vampire. And the only way to find eternal love was to become one yourself. Whoop, game on, bite me now please and get it over with. So I think the themes of this story were good versus evil and love finding a way. And also the choices that you make don't have to be governed by any obstacles that you face. And according to Stephanie Mayer who wrote it, she said, it doesn't matter where you are stuck in life or what you think you have to do. You can always choose something else. There is always a different path. Very good. So Bella wants to be a vampire. Edward doesn't want her to have to live her life like that. And so it continues throughout the series until he has no choice but to bite her to save her life. The central conflict of this series, at least I think so. Remember, this is my humble opinion and I'm no expert at Twilight because I never wrote it. But I think it's the tension and the heartache of what is the right choice for Bella and I suppose Edward. Does he give in and play God by making her immortal and have to live with the consequences or whether she would hate him eventually for doing this? Blimey, I never knew I had such deep feelings about those two characters. But do you see where this is played out over the series? It's always there, obstacles get put in the way. Does she go with Jacob and spend the rest of her time grooming and sweeping wolf hairs out of her house every time he morphs into a giant wolf which is quite frequently or does she become a cold dead blood-sucking vampire who gets to live forever with the coolest eyes you've ever seen then of course there's the Volteri the vampire council who have the final decisions over it all or at least they they thought they did until the wolves and vampires formed a truce and fought them to save Edward and Belly's Belly <laughs> Belly's baby Lots of tension, lots of conflict, lots of heart-wrenching choices in this story, which is why it works so well. Does Bella leave her ordinary life behind to become a Cullen is the question that runs through the series. And each book has its own separate storyline, but is still governed by the central conflict of will he or won't he bite her? (laughs) Oh God, I hope that makes sense. Whatever your story is about, it needs to be structured so that each one has its own conflict happening, allowing your characters to develop and grow. We find out their backstory a little more whilst not solving the central conflict that you want to have running throughout each story. By putting secondary obstacles in the way, you can turn these into little subplots to make it more interesting. And how you end book one really needs to make your reader desperate to read book two to find out what happens next. Will they or won't they get it on? Will they catch the baddies? Will they find that hidden treasure they've been searching their whole life for? You get the idea. Number four, you could create 
an amazing fictional world that your readers can't wait to return to. Harry Potter is a prime example of this. He lives in the most magical world, and it's no wonder everyone fell in love with those books. You could invent your own world where each character lives in a completely new one, but if you make it relatable, it helps to bring it to life and to keep it real. You could have an underwater city that is accessed by a cave guarded by two well-trained yetis who are there to guard the entrance and only allow anyone in who should go there. Keeping all the rabble out, a bit like the beef eaters who guard the Tower of London and our modern day gatekeepers and most of us are aware that these are actually real. Or you could make up your own town or city like I did for One Left Alive. Rydal Falls isn't real but it suits the need for my story and within that small Lakeland time, I've built its own infrastructure to suit the needs of the stories just perfectly. Number five, make it so that each book, no matter what order it is read in, for instance, if I go into the works and see a copy of Find the Girl, my latest book, not that it's in the works, but this is just an example, I should be able to pick that book up and read it as a standalone on its own merit. Yes, the central characters are all the same and they are a lot more developed in book five than they were in book one. But it should still stand on its own. And if it worked really well, then hopefully it will make your reader think, actually, I'd like to know more about these and then they will go back and read the other books in order. Fingers crossed. I did a giveaway in a lovely group on Facebook for my latest book. And I actually didn't think about the fact that it was book five in that series. I just wanted to give some books away. But the lovely lady who won messaged to say that she was going to buy the rest of the books because she enjoyed it so much. That is just amazing and a perfect example. And of course, there are plenty of people who will have read book five and burned it, thinking it was the biggest load of crap they've ever read. Remember, you can't please everyone. Number six, when it comes to the final book in your series, you need to make sure that it all ties together at the end. So there are no strands that didn't make sense. In other words, wrap it all up neatly and leave your reader with a sense of satisfaction that you get after you've just eaten a delicious three-course meal and are sitting back rubbing your belly and thinking that you can't wait to do it all over again tomorrow. Even if you do all of the above and you've come to the end of your series, there is still scope to write another later on, unless you've killed off all your main characters, which I don't think would leave your readers feeling too satisfied. So maybe not the best way to go unless you definitely want to end it and don't want to write another book about them ever again. I read the last book in the fabulous Owen Sisters series by the wonderful Alice Hoffman over Christmas, The Book of Magic, and boy did that end that series in the most sad, epic, happy, wonderful way. It left me reeling and blubbering like a baby, but it tied that series up beautifully, even though I didn't want it to end. Honestly, that final book left me with the biggest book hangover that I've ever had. I literally didn't know what to do with myself after I closed it. And I wandered round the house for a couple of hours lost in my thoughts of how much I'd loved each and every book in that particular series and how I was going to miss those characters. So there you have it. Tips and hints, I think, will help you to make writing your own series a success. Remember though, you write what you want to write. And if any of this helps, then that's just brilliant. It's not a real book. It's just a little guide to inspire you. Now, whatever you're doing, take care and get writing. If you'd like to check out my credentials to see if I know what I'm talking about, then head over to my Amazon page. And if you'd like to join a community of like-minded creatives, then head over to the Unleash Your Creative Magic Facebook group. 
and paste the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I honestly can't wait to speak to you in the next episode where I'll dive into the process of how I wrote my first book. Until next time, 